Hi guys, this is Vidas. Hantusha. Let's start episode 185 of Ask Vidas and Osha podcast. This question was sent by Leon and he writes, Dear Vidas, I have a ways to go before I'm ready for BWV 531 by Bach, let alone Frank's finale. Thanks to one of your recent podcasts, I have added the applicatio to my Dupre chorale time each day. I had already changed his heel and toe pedals to toe only. Uh, when the applicatio is comfortable, I will change the fingering. My skills are generally improving, but I had still been resisting putting in four hours a day. From a recent discussion with my brother, I was reminded that I could have done more back in high school if I had followed our then teacher's advice to practice four hours a day. Writing up new practice schedule now. Thanks. Osha, do you regret uh, of not playing four hours a day when you were first starting playing the organ? Or maybe you did play four hours a day? Not every day, but sometimes, yes, I would play four hours a day. How did you feel afterwards? Well, I felt good, but of course I didn't have a possibility, you know, to play and to practice every day for four hours on the organ because I did not have an access to the instrument. What's the average time would you suggest people might practice every day? Depending on their schedule, uh, health condition and availability of the instrument. Well, no, I think the best way would be to practice for two hours, but one hour is already good. So everything depends on the, no, your, your, no, your, your way of life and no. And your goals. Yes, and your goals. It's hard to tell precisely for everyone, but probably the most efficient way of practicing I found is, uh, depending on your own plans and goals, that you would play at least three times, you know, each fragment or each piece, you would have enough time. So, for example, if I'm practicing really slowly and... uh, I'm playing, uh, let's say, five pieces at the moment, and um, if if those five pieces uh, take about about maybe half an hour to play, totally. So I would maybe practice 90 minutes, uh, you know, with some breaks in between, maybe in order to be able to repeat everything three times, at least three times. How how does it sound for you, Osha? Yes, it sounds perfectly fine. And uh, what would be the incorrect way of practicing, scheduling your practice? Too much or too, too less time? Both these, you know, ways would be wrong. 
you know, you need always to practice as much as, you know, your head can still guide you. Because the mind, you know, what you are thinking is the most important. Because, you know, if you just play, you know, to break up some records, I don't know, or to make some records that, you know, oh, today I practice for six hours straight. That's a wrong way, you know, of, of practicing. What happens tomorrow, right? You are exhausted. Yes, I know. And plus, you, you know, if you practice too much, it means that you just are doing mechanical work without much thinking. And it's never good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, two hours is probably optimum time. Right. Yes, I would say so. So in uh, in my case, for example, if I can uh, play a few of my pieces uh, uh, three times, right, or or more, maybe five times, so I might play a little bit more than two hours. But then I am careful and uh, take breaks, frequent breaks, uh, drink a glass of water in between. Have a walk, stretch, things like that, to refresh my mind. Yes, I wish I would have time, you know, for two to practice every day for two hours. Would you practice if you had? Yes, I would. How much time would you practice if you had all the time in the world? I think I would practice more than two hours. Three, maybe. Three. That's a lot. Yes. You can do a lot of things in three hours. Well, you know, every day I spend a lot of time at the keyboard, but unfortunately, I instead of practicing what I need to practice for my organ, you know, things, I just, you know, play dictations for my students at school. Could you devise your dictations based on your pieces? Probably not. Like I do no. sometimes? I don't think, you know, administration would be happy about it. Uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, sometimes I choose uh, segments or 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 even variations from my you know pieces that I'm playing right now at the moment. And especially if I haven't practiced that day that I'm teaching, and I say, "Oh, guys, uh, now there will be dictation in two parts." Right hand in the treble clef and the bass clef will be played by the left hand. Let's say we'll have like 20 measures, not 8 measures, but long dictation. And I would play for them like 10 times or 20 times. And are we able to write it down? Oh, that's a good question. Something like this soprano voice, yes, but when it comes to the bass clef, they generally are lost. Yeah. Because, you know, when I'm giving them like Christmas dictations mm-hmm. based on Christmas carols, some of them that we know well, some of them we can write down, but if it's a little bit <clears throat> more sophisticated, then it's, it's all we cannot. No, finish it. Why do you think uh, the second voice is so difficult to hear for them? Well, um, for those who play just a melodic instrument like flute or you know, violin, <coughs> I think we are not used to hearing the bass line. 
Toro like piano majors or you know, choir conducting majors, that's an easier way to write a bass. Or no, for somebody who plays cello or you know, trombone. But even people who play cello, they cannot really think in two parts. They just well, hear their you know, own for, voice. for kids, it's often a case that we can write down what we can sing. I mean, what it's in their voice range, in their diapason. So, and uh, usually because no kids have a high voice, and we can sing in the first and then second octave, but. Not so much, you know, in the lower octaves, mm-hmm. in the bass range, so. And because the second voice is in, in those low octaves. Do you think that some of our organ students around the globe uh, are um, writing dictations, too, based on their organ works, let's say? I don't know. And honestly, the, the longer I live, the less I think, you know, that the writing down dictations improves your hair so much. Why? I think there are better ways how to improve your, your hearing and oh, your pitch. you know a secret? Tell us. Well, I think actually that singing what you are playing improves it a lot and playing organ improves it a lot. Because, let's say, for example, pianist plays uh, Bach's fugue on the piano. And, you know, let's say, three voices, three parts of the fugue. So, you know, the theme comes and he can play it louder. And, you know, other voice not so loud. And when another, you know, theme comes in and he can also, you know, to play it forte. Or, you know, louder than other voices. But in the organ we don't have that possibility. For example, you're playing the fugue by Bach and you play it organo pleno. How can you, you know, make one voice sound louder than another voice? Then you need to hear it. Yes, you need to hear it. Of course, we listen need to, to it. Of course, you need to articulate it, but definitely need to hear it. And, and, and how can you hear it if you know all voices, all four voices sounds, you know, loud, equally loud? Would um, singing each part help? Yes, it helps a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced of it. So, guys, uh, whenever you have um, some quality time at the organ, uh, consider singing some of the inner parts, especially, uh, and not playing necessarily all other parts, but just, let's say, one additional voice, like in two parts combinations or just maybe for starters just a single line right uh, especially if you know the melody well you should be able to repeat it in, with your voice yes and I'm convinced if you can sing you know, all the voices you can play them too mm-hmm. that's a good advice I think uh, we sing not enough in in, in this age and day. Well, that's because we have, you know, iPods and MP3 things and smartphones and all that audio technique. 
which sings for us. Yes, and plays for us too. Mm-hmm. Back in Bach's day, probably they didn't have uh, any other options to entertain themselves but to sing and, and play. Mm, that's right. Even not as far back, even when my parents were young, for example, they would go dancing each weekend, mm-hmm. and we did not have recordings, you know, and at that time in the villages, so we have to play themselves. And making music together with other members of the family or your friends, it's so rewarding, it strengthens um, probably your connection with, with those people like you become closer basically that's true would you also recommend uh, our students making music together with their family members let's say that's a lot of fun if you have opportunity you know if you have family members that can sing or you know play an instrument you definitely have to make music together like we do on on the organ bench, we sit and we play together with four hands. Uh, is it fun for you or, or you feel some pressure? Well, yes, it's fun. You don't feel like a pressure from me or I don't feel pressure from you? I don't feel a pressure from you. I don't know about you. Maybe you feel pressure pressure from me. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> question. I know. I enjoy playing together. So why don't we now go and practice together, yes. organ duets, and you guys do the same, right? If you find a, a friend on the street, grab him or her and bring them to church or wherever and practice some Bach. Thanks, guys. This was with us. And Osha. Um, remember to send us your questions. We love helping you grow. And uh, don't forget to practice, because when you practice... Miracles happen.